Gem Unlocks podcast, the show where we go behind the scenes. We are looking for the tips, the tricks, insights on how to level up your gym business, how to level up your game as a fighter, how to level up your brand. We are talking to those who have been there, done that, got the scars to prove it, and we're looking to share that wisdom with you. My guest today, an official one championship referee and judge, plus he's a coach. And my special guest today, Ilias Galactus, and it's his birthday. Thank you very like, much. Hi. Another lap around the sun, brother. How you feeling? Yeah, feeling good, man. Feeling good. Feeling the love today. Feeling the love. No days off, brother. He's house at the gym. He's at Antliff right now. He's about to rock up a class. You think you're teaching a Muay Thai class today or what? Yeah, absolutely. 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 We're... What other way is it to spend your birthday? It's a cool, cool opportunity to get to meet you. I've obviously heard so much about you. How did you end up becoming a Muay Thai coach? A rest? How did this all come about? Mate, well, look, I started Muay Thai back in 97 at the Taipan gym with Tony Kavuti. And then went to Thailand, had one fight, you know, won the fight, but see, I wasn't cut out to be a fighter. Oh, you know, it wasn't my path. And then... In 2003, so it's 20 years, 20 years now that I've been a ref, we did one of the first Muay Thai shows here in New South Wales, Sydney. And we didn't have a ref. At the time, we were with WMC, and Stephen Fox said, you're in the ring tonight. Uh, they threw me in, and I guess Stefan was guiding me from outside the ring. It was cool. But I just fell in love with it, man. I was in there with everyone, not actually getting hurt. I could see everything. I could feel everything, but no pains. It was fun, and... Man, it was just the best seat of the house. The best seat yeah. of the house. I mean, over the years, there's that fun aspect and having the best seat in the house. But I guess along the years, the safety aspect of protecting the fighters, that now is a lot more important than just having fun. Fast forward now to where you're at with one championship. Obviously, a lot of money, a lot of infrastructure, a lot of eyeballs on the sport. How does one championship riffing on one championship differ to riffing on uh, other shows and other platforms you've been on. Man, it just goes global. There's red and blue corner, right? So sometimes when you make a decision, one corner's not going to be happy. So now that audience is a lot bigger. I guess criticism or I guess people's views on social media, it's a lot more prevalent. It's high pressure because it's big money. I guess the biggest purse we've ever had in Muay Thai on one championship and uh, one Lupini. There's the other aspect of the, of the smaller gloves. So safety is more of an issue now. It just becomes a little bit more, it, it's high pressure. Having more, yeah. more uh, you know, having more people look at you is definitely bigger pressure. Uh, it's taken a while for me to sort of get used to that, but now I'm enjoying it again. Sort of those nerves have gone, you know, all big stage and you just got to keep your mind, let's just focus on the job. We're there for protect the fighters, make sure everything is fair. If you concentrate there, block everything else out, everything hopefully should runs a little bit more smoothly yeah that's it have you had a chance to meet herb dean he's a bit of a celebrity referee around one championship in ufc is he a top uh, bloke uh, he's an awesome bloke so chilled he, herb actually helped me i was getting so nervous big crowds and i'm like oh man and then i went up to herb and i just, I just saw him so he's so calm so relaxed okay mate how because he's, he's done way bigger bouts, you know more high pressure bouts than i've done i've gone mate how do you do it how do you stay calm i've, I've seen you i go what do you do uh, and he's the one who actually told me, he goes, mate, once you get nervous or once you get nervous is that you're making the fight about you. You're bringing the attention on yourself. He goes, what you got to do is just follow the fight. Fighter safety, make sure they're playing fair. As long as you're following them, focus on the bout. And that's what helped me a lot. Reinforce, my, I guess my Thai teachers were telling me when I started refereeing, you know, follow that. They would say, follow the game, follow the game. Concreted 
everything I sort of guessed I knew before, but Herbie's just sensational. He's really cool, really calm, no ego whatsoever, man. Such a good guy. Yeah, loves the game and like yourself, a martial artist, right? First. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's still teaching as well. Yeah, yeah beautiful. I guess he's been a great mentor to me as well. Yourself being a coach at STMA and yourself being a referee, how does that help you to be a coach and how does that help you to be a ref? As a coach, being a referee, I guess I'm exposed to seeing a lot of little tricks, probably seeing a little bit more than other people. And look, if the referee doesn't see it, it's not a foul, right? So just teaching the, you know, the guys a few a few of the tricks that I've seen along the way, just knowing the rules, especially in Muay Thai, it's all about power. No pain, no score. Pretty much is what is Muay Thai, right? Teaching them of how to score, you know, not just looking for high work rate, looking for effective work rate. Damage, damage, damage. As a ref at the gym, you know, just the vibe. You know, people, the grassroots is what motivates me to do what I do. We're just going to local shows, even here at the gym, man. It's just, it's so good. You go to the big shows and then you come back and everyone's oh, I saw you on TV or you did this and you did that. And it's just, it's, it's so cool, man. It's so humbling. I've just got so much gratitude. I'm so appreciative of the opportunities, teachers I've had, my mentors. The Muay Thai community, even though we may not know each other, through Muay Thai, you become family. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes we don't see this in the media. You know, it's not portrayed. And for me, for martial arts and uh, for me, for uh, Muay Thai, this is what's been so beautiful about the sport for me, building that family outside of your, I guess, your blood family. You've also got your Muay Thai family. Indeed. Coaching and being a referee is a full-time thing. You actually do other work as well. So my day job, I do age care and disability. I look after you, but I go to people's homes because they're sort of um, still a little bit independent and also the people with disability as well. So I just find that it's a good balance. One point in where I just did Muay Thai a hundred percent and I just found it to be a little bit monotonous. I, you know, every day, the same, the same, the same, the same. Whereas now in social work with the elderly and people with disabilities, mm -hmm. Definitely just appreciate every day, every moment. Good balance. Muay Thai and coming into aged care and disability has been really natural for me. Got a love for both of them. For me, it just complements each other. Yeah. yeah. And then teaching people how to bash and hurt people. So it's, it, balances, it balances it out. The yin with the yang, right? I believe this speaks volumes to your empathetic kind of nature and your understanding of human nature as well, which you really get to see being up close to a sport like Muay Thai. When we talk about scoring on one championship, the biggest differences between one championship scoring and other organizations scoring. One really focuses on damage. It's all about damage and knee finishes, downs, the end of the bout, I guess if it's close. I mean, yeah, other organizations do it as well. With one, it's just more so knee finishes and what we call internal damage. Internal damage means like you hit somebody, kicked or punched or whatever and the person has lost their equilibrium, one championship scoring, that's more high on the list. They're always looking for high work rate. No one's sitting back. If anyone's sitting back, one championship, that doesn't work. You gotta be active either for the three or the five rounds. Yeah, just damage. And like I said, if you knock someone down, it's just much more higher on the scoring for one. I guess that's the way they've packaged it in terms of this more entertainment style yeah. uh, delivery. You understand it quickly on the mobile phone. It's hyper exciting for people to get into it as opposed yep. to more the stadium fights where it's more sort of laid back, first couple yep. of rounds, and then they get into it. I can understand how they've pushed it that way. Talk about yeah. the four-ounce gloves for a second. Obviously, they score massive damage. We're seeing huge knockouts. What's your personal take on the four-ounce gloves for Muay Thai? For always that theory you'd hear, you know, kicks score very high in Muay Thai. Kicks are the most damaging. 
I mean, I guess the four ounce gloves are sort of even that out. Now, hasn't it? Punching now with four ounce gloves is a, it's a big weapon. You're in the right place with those little gloves, you're going down. It's evened up the game. I like the fingerless gloves for clinching. It's more effective for clinching, grabbing the leg, but in a clinch, you know, you've got that freedom of using your hands, uh, pushing the face. It's definitely changed the game from just being a kicking game and a knee. If Raymond Decker, if Raymond Decker was around today, Fighting the ties. Imagine Raymond Decker today. He would have made a... I mean, even though he made a lot of impact back then, I think today with those little gloves, Raymond Decker would be... Um, he was... <laughs> and it will be very, pretty much close to nearly unstoppable, I think. Tatri talks a lot about it, right? These finish rates. He talks a lot yeah. about finish rates in one championship. And I'm assuming that the four-ounce gloves, the nature of Muay Thai, leveling up with the Muay Mat, using yep. the kick and using the knee, Getting a lot more close range. As you said, a precision strike. There's not much between the knuckle and the, and the bone. A precision strike will take a person out. As a ref, how do you actually balance out the fair play with the thrill of the sport? Like, I let things go on. Well, you're also aware of the, the fandom, you know, the whole excitement of the stadium. You want to let things play out, but you, you want it to be fair. It always depends on the bout and how the bout's going. Sometimes there's fouls in the bout, but... You Tempo's up. Fouls are sort of like, hasn't affected about that much. You sort of give a bit more of a verbal. In some cases, you know, that same foul, some cases you may stop the action and warn the fighter. But if you do that, you may take the advantage away from the other one. Say blue corner is fouled. If red's moving forward, you don't want to take that momentum away from red, even though blue has fouled. Got to read the game. It's just not, it's not just as clear cut as, okay, it's a foul. Let's pull it up. Because if you pull it up, you may take away the advantage from the one who's being fouled. And if the one who's being fouled is okay moving forward, well, why stop the action, right? Mm. I'm not sure how many uh, people watch the soccer here. Times when a foul happens, the referee will wave, play on, play on, because they don't want to stop and bring the play back if the team has got the advantage or close to scoring. If someone's getting knocked, the one who's getting knocked does a foul. If you can see that, okay, just let it go on. We may get a finish here or... It's not really affecting the score. You just sort of let it go on. So reading the game is super important. You know, where to stop the action. If it's like blatant, someone's trying to take a breather. That's where fouls tend to happen. When someone's tired, tend to do a foul. So the referee will stop the action so they can get a break. Mm. Foul. And it's not that big. Hey, come on, go. And then they just look at that. You're like, no, no, no. And you're like, no, go. Important. And that's just nuance. That just comes with experience, right? Like you've just had so much experience now. You're just, you're becoming more nuanced. With Muay Thai Australia, with Muay Thai New South Wales in particular, I know you've been involved. Andrew Parnham, uh, the team over there, they're doing great things from what I can see. You've got the different class systems. You've got real clear pathways. How do you see the future of Muay Thai for Australia? It's healthy, right? Now, I guess like in other countries, right, you've got different states and sometimes having different states within that country means like, it's like dealing with different countries within your country. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when sports commissions or combat sports, as we call them here, are involved from one state to the other, you know, you get slight differences and then you get some states that don't have a combat sport, so they do whatever they want. At grassroots level, it's a bit more important with a padding. Here in New South Wales, we have, and Andrew's done a great job with this, and his team, Andrew and, 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 and everyone, he's done a great job of like putting the pads on as novices, grassroots. You want them to not get knocked out, not get hurt, you know, go back to the gym, train and come back again. Especially that D class that we have where we try to prevent knockout. Our development days is about just people 
I guess, experiencing to get in the ring without the fear of being knocked out. Even though knockouts may happen, we try and prevent that. Then when you step up, then you're sort of being a bit more competitive. And we don't, as referees, we just go as normal. Where everyone knows it's a bit more, as you go up, you progress up through the classes. These shows are smaller. You're not doing those big shows where you've got the big walkouts. And it's one fight after the other. You know, there's no, there's no walkouts. You're standing ringside. You know, one bout finishes, you're up, you're in. That pressure or, you know, that big pressure of um, walking out, um, mm-hmm. thinking about the fight, it's just, it's gone. And the kids, good um, kids programming now as well. So yeah. I've seen patient with the kids with the padding and everything. Healthy, man. It's healthy. Oh, um, good to hear. Coming together and supporting these initiatives is what's really important. Because you can have the best policies, the best everything, but if you haven't got the support, that's made anything right. It's about getting the supporters, getting people's mentality that don't have to be pads off and, you know, go for it from day one. Interesting stories from one. Tell us a couple of funny stories, maybe the athletes or some of the other officials that we know, the boss, Olivia Cost, Herb Dean, you've talked about. Well, you know, what, what are some of the funny stuff you boys have been up to? Uh, goes on tour, stays on tour, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing on one when Olivia was doing the pat down, so he's patting a male fighter down and he asked him if, if he had his groin guard on. So the fighter goes, yeah. And then he pulls his pants down to show Olivia that he's got his, he's got his groin. I look, it just, it really is from day one that I went, I was welcomed. No ego. Everybody's just working for the company, doing best for the athletes, for everything. When you make mistakes, they're just there to be supportive. Everyone's just super cool. I mean, when I went there, Olivier was, still is the man, he's the, the main guy there. And he was just super supportive, man. No ego, no nothing. One is so good working there. Everyone just supports each other. So you look forward to going out on assignment for one championship. And with that, what's the next assignment for you on September the 8th at One Lupini? She, I guess I'm going to One Lupini more than the normal one shows. Because now Herb's in, in ones. And there's more MMA on the bigger one shows. Olivier would have a kickboxing and Muay Thai. And then I guess Herb does the bigger MMA bouts. And I don't mind being a Lupini man. You know, I was, uh, I was, I, I did the challenger, the reality show. And we had a manager from Lupini who, uh, unfortunately is not with us anymore. He's passed on, gone on to heaven. And I sort of asked him, you know, I, I want to be the first white guy to be at Lupini, referee Lupini. And he ignored me. Damn. You know, and then I, I sort of learned how the tie, how the big stadiums work, especially with the punters, you know, wanting different referees just in general, just with even within the ties, they don't like, because they know each sort of referee, the punters, the gamblers, mm-hmm. sometimes gambling affects that. There's no way that I would ever, or not just myself, any referee, uh, foreign referee would, can go to Bangkok stadiums. But one championship has changed that. Changed change that, yeah. They've met a pathway. That's being one of the first white people, Farang, as they say, especially that first night that we had, the one that Penny won, mm-hmm. man, we were on such a high. We were. <laughs> Being at Lupini, I, it, it's just been so good. I think the Lupini gods been shining on me. I've got more confident, less nervous following the game. Been wonderful, man. I'm just so grateful. Yeah. It's the Mecca, the Mecca for Muay ties to call that my office. Wow. It's just, um, <laughs> man. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful, man. So eloquently put. Advice for fighters. Obviously, we've talked about the development of New Zealand, Australia, Muay Thai, where we're from. What would you say to fighters who are looking and eyeballing one Lumpini, seeing the pathway, trying to get onto the big stage to a 15-year-old, 16-year-old right now? What would those three things be saying to that fighter? 
three things. Uh, number one, listen to your trainer. Train where you are. I mean, I guess at the age of 15, listen to your coach. Uh, that when you get a little bit old, or even even at 15, get yourself to Thailand. Because now competition in Thailand, Thai or foreigners, man, it's high level. With the watching, you know, get yourself to a gym in Thailand. Pray there, fight there, make a name for yourself. And you've got to take small shows. You're not going to get to the big stage without doing, you know, your local shows, your grassroots stuff. Some fighters, sometimes they think they're deserving to be at these bigger shows and they haven't done all the development stuff. Do a lot of amateur and grassroots stuff, man. It's so important. That's where you're going to get your experience. If you're um, the Australian lad who's fighting on um, one and Penny. Harrison. 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 Man, from a kid with his trainer going on the local shows. That's the Arm Cup. He was always there doing his stuff. And look at him now. He's phenomenal. As a youngster, if you're looking at Harrison, man, that's the pathway you sort of want to take. Mate, the big shows, one Penny. Man, you've got the elite and they're killers. Dude, they're killers. They don't muck around, especially when there's a bonus, when there's a knockout bonus. Mate, even, I mean, you see now the ties, you know, usually when they lead, when they're ahead, coming into the last round, dance around and play around. Whereas now, man, with a bonus, they're looking to knock you out. Yeah, that's it. They're after that. I mean, look at, uh, right now I'm in Rentup with Addy's gym and we've got Jojo Kazali. I don't know if you've had the, the, the privilege of being on a fight night where he's been fighting, but that guy comes out the gate. He's a Moy Matt puncher. He just loves to get it done. Have you seen one of his fights live? Sometimes I don't recognize everyone's name. Sometimes the faces, I'm pretty sure I will see him in the new future, but yeah. Yeah. So that show that your next assignment is in September, is that the stamp show? I have no idea. I tend not to look at white cards and uh, who's on because I don't want to be a fanboy. Don't want to be influenced of maybe having a bias or something like that. It's just about getting my game right once you get too involved in bouts sometimes oh you can get a bias you know if you think red's going to win yeah. it's about being neutral uh, that's why sometimes i don't know some of the fighters because i tend not to follow that much not to have um yeah any influences there yeah. let's talk about your very next assignment obviously you've got your birthday to celebrate but yeah. before you get into your birthday celebrations and i'm sure part of those celebrations is going to be your very next muay thai class tell us a little bit about how you got involved with aram's uh, Jim STMA in Sydney in Arncliffe. Why do you keep coaching over there? I ran for one of our fighters, Adam Taylor, many, many years ago. <laughs> After the fight, we just became friends. Like everyone, we just all became friends with Aram. And then I sort of uh, finished up at my old. Aram was just like, hey man, why don't you come over? One of his business partners was also on the way out. He was he was moving from where we are in Sydney about two hours away. So he had to sell up. So Aram's for a trainer anyway. I sort of came down and, you know, that family vibe and, you know, Aram's got the dogs. I just fell in love with Anora as well. She from she was the first person who came to greet me uh, when I came into the gym. From uh, Bond. Uh, it's so cool. It's so cool here. Very family-oriented, relaxed. Uh, Aram does a very good... He does very well with the fighters. Very knowledgeable, and he knows a lot of people. Uh, his network is, um, is quite good. That's his talent. Trying to understand him sometimes takes a while. Yeah. Been super cool from day one. Like I said, Muay Thai family, especially like him being from Canary Islands, familiar, familiar. So it's very much a familiar. Never a dull moment uh, with Iran. <laughs> Wait, That's right. he's a clown, but yeah, no, it's awesome. Yeah, love it here. Consider that to be an open invitation. Any Kiwis, Aussies visiting from out of state, you're invited to come to Ilias and Iran's gym over there, STMA and Arncliffe. 
that's the place to be. So we've got three ties here. And there's myself, Aram, Michael Green, and Laz. We've got a great team. We've got, yeah, please come down here. So there you go. An open invitation. Look, mate, I really appreciate your time. It's just been absolutely fantastic. Taking time out of your birthday to chat to us over at Unlocks. We really appreciate it, mate. And I'm um, looking forward to seeing more of you on the big screen, on the big stage, in the circle, in the center for one championship. Appreciate it, brother. And my absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you.